Welcome to the Marigold Effect Podcast. When you listen to this podcast, we hope you feel hopeful and encouraged. We hope you feel challenged to learn and grow. We hope you feel connected. We hope we make you laugh. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. I'm Katie Borbina. I'm Michelle Williamson, and this is the Marigold Effect Podcast. Hi, Katie. Hi, Michelle. Hey, opening week. All done. Check the box. Thank goodness. Yes. How'd it go for you? It was a good week. I I thought you did a great job of keeping us organized and on task, so... Um, Thank you. It was I a thought little, it was a... Well, I was just saying, for me, and personally, not because of stuff you did, I was just like, big time adjustment in my head. Yeah. Like, neural pathways were being formed that I've never had to think about. Like, going to the bathroom became a conscious effort. Like, yes. I gotta be... <laughs> I gotta be yes. sure. Like, oh, I got a mask on. There can only be two people in the bathroom. Okay, I got it. Yep. All right. So. It was weird. It was a really weird week. Just, um, yeah, and it was meaningful. I felt like still there was there were some really good things that happened, but just sitting in my office on Zoom, I felt disconnected and detached a little bit um especially only being able to see like a few people at a time on the zoom when i share my screen i just am like is everyone really there listening it just it it felt funny but um i got to have lots of smaller group connections with people which felt really good and just see all the cool things people are thinking about and the new creative ways people are setting up for the year so that was that was really good yeah i think the teachers rocked it they really did Oh, they were amazing. They were amazing. You should see their virtual open houses. I did. They did these tours of their rooms. Yeah, I saw a couple. Well, some posted them on Facebook, so I did get to see a few of them. So it was good. It was good. I think they, I mean, I just really thought of them this whole week because I I just know that it's such a different, different week. And I probably need to apologize to you for the the Zoom meeting where (laughs) you said you introduced the podcast. (laughs) Lovely. You did a very... Lovely job. And when you said, Michelle, do you have anything to add? All you hear is no. (laughs) I was expecting that, honestly. I knew that was probably what you were going to say. So I I thought it was just fine. It was fun. Uh, Well, I listened, you know, to the episode more than once, of course. And so I've decided that that episode could have the potential of becoming a college drinking game for the number of times I say, um, so and like so there you go have a drink on me and probably likewise for the number of times i giggle (laughs) and laugh but that's okay could also be a drinking game it could be so maybe if we you know if this really goes belly up at least we'll have a a second life as a drinking game on college campuses yes Uh, that'd be a fun one definitely um, okay, so episode two, um, we had been thinking about what we wanted to do, and we definitely are going to be doing topics on trauma-informed practices. We're going to be doing it on racial equity, mm-hmm. gender issues, and Katie and I were talking that those are very complex and difficult topics, and part yeah. of what really one needs to be able to do is to be self-reflective we have to be able to ask ourselves very hard questions and Mm -hmm. we have to become uncomfortable so we thought it might be helpful to spend some time on developing those skills and self-reflection 
and maybe recognizing uh, our triggers. So that we're going to start off with the the inner judge, um, or some people call it the self critic. Some people call it the superego. Um, there's there's lots of things out there um, written about it. And one of the things I'll post on the the Google site is uh, the book that um, I was it was given to me well, a decade ago, Soul Without Shame. Uh, and I mm-hmm. felt like it was a bit of a game changer for me in understanding the inner critic. Um, and felt like it was helpful for me. It's something I had never really thought of. So I felt like it was helpful mm-hmm. for me. I know you have it too. Yep, you recommended it. And it's, it's a book I have too. And I would agree. The second chapter is spot on with our topic for today. Right. So that's what we're going to spend some time on. Um, So basically, the inner judge is this part of your mind that's embedded with ideas and thoughts, beliefs, images, internal voices that sort of live within your mind. And it's an accumulation of knowledge about what we need to do, the standards of which we need to like live by, work by. Um, it's in your mind, but it can also live through your body. Sometimes when you get that feeling in your stomach or in your um, shoulders, that can be your your inner judge coming through your body with sort of judgments and expectations. So um, I think Katie and I thought, you know, how do you sort of explain this to people over a podcast? We thought maybe a couple of examples from our own life might be helpful. Um my actually mm-hmm. has to do with buying the book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these were in the old days when you actually went to a bookstore to get the book and you didn't order it on Amazon. So I went, someone told me, you know, this this would be a good book. So I go to Borders and I'd, for people that remember Borders, there was a self-help section. And I would always avoid the self-help section. Like I felt like that was... I should never be seen in the self-help section. That was my 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 expectation because that meant something was wrong with me and I'm a social worker. I don't need to go to the self-help <laughs> section, right? Mm-hmm. So I would go into Borders. I would avoid it, but that's where the damn book was. So I thought, <laughs> how the hell am I going to get that book in the self-help section without being seen? So <laughs> I walk in. And I perused the middle part of Borders always had things on the table. So I would just sort of, you know, meander my way toward the self-help section. And I literally looked around to make sure I didn't see anyone I knew. And I then stopped and thought, wait, if I just ask a person where it actually is located on the shelf, I can get in and out really quickly. Like I don't have to bend over or like search for it so I just said to this person do you in a very low voice by the way do you know where I could find the soul without shame book and she's like oh yes she leads me over there and I like snatch that baby up and I'm out of the out of that section before anyone can see me and then I have to grab another book to put on top of that book so as I'm standing in line no one sees that I'm reading that shit so I'm like um, imagining you in sunglasses, like yes. in the line, like completely <laughs> hiding yourself and in a costume with so a no large, one knows who you are. Yes, large brim yeah. hat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And a scarf, because <laughs> I never wear a scarf that no one would know it was me. But yeah, because, you know, for me, the inner judge was, 
really? Like, you have to read something like this? This is ridiculous. You should not. This is so, um, like, beneath you. And it really shows that you're kind of weak. And, and I'm not joking. Those were some of the messages. That, you know. And plus the word mm. shame. Who mm-hmm. wants that near your body, right? Like, oh, right. I have shame. Um, and so... I just, it was apparent that I needed the book right there with that whole mm-hmm. thing. So I don't know. How, how is your, how's your inner judge come out? Oh, my inner judge can be so mean, so cruel. Um, actually, this was a pretty recent um, example. This summer we uh, took a trip up north, our family did, and we like to bike. And um, we went to a state park and we rented bikes. And I noticed that one of the trails um, would lead us right to a lighthouse on the beach. And it sounded like a really cool ride. So we got to the trailhead and I realized that the entire trail was sand. And we got off our bikes and just stood there and kind of looked at each other. And then this woman around probably my age, came like flying by on her bike and I perceived that she gave us a look like oh you're never going to be able to do this and it just triggered my inner critic and immediately that voice was like you better get on your bike right now and you show that woman that you can ride just as fast as her she thinks you can't do this and so I forced my family to ride this up a sand dune this horrible trail there were sand drifts that we couldn't get through we had to get off and walk our bikes my son fell off his bike once but by god we were getting to the lighthouse and i was trying to fly by people who were clearly struggling i was callous and cold just like passing them as fast as i could like and and the whole time i mean i'm driven by this voice telling me like you've got to do this because people look at you and they think that you can't so you better show them that you can and um was it beautiful when we got there yes it was gorgeous but it was not worth the price of my daughter not speaking to me the rest of the day <laughs> and my family telling me that they would never go on a vacation with me again. Um, so it's kind of, I mean, it spreads, you know, when, yeah. when we listen to those inner voices, it doesn't just impact us. It impacts the people that we care about, too. Yes, so, um, so, yeah, never biking up a sand dune again. It's just not not worth it. Totally not worth it. No way. Yeah. So, I mean, given those couple of examples we gave, you kind of get this idea that um, a lot of us are sometimes tormented by these inner voices, that they are continually scrutinizing our behavior, our performance, sometimes even our self-worth. And the big thing, like Katie was talking about, like we are comparing ourselves endlessly to others. And we then make Mm -hmm. these impossible standards and expectations that we cannot meet. And then we're just setting ourselves up to feel um, awful about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like inside that sort of that self-fulfilling prophecy. See, I told you, like if your inner judge is saying, I told you you couldn't do it and you couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also living by those shoulds, like what we should do and what we should be thinking and feeling, but also how we should be performing. Um, That's a way that another, that's another way the inner judge can really perpetuate energy in our in our life um Mm -hmm. and also just it i mean i don't know for you but for me it's like this big attack like it's just constantly like yeah and and so (laughs) well full disclosure so yeah i've been in therapy 
quite a few years off and on. So mm-hmm. one of the things that, you know, a therapist would one therapist, and let me tell you, those that are my therapists probably, del- you know, really deserve combat pay. Um, <laughs> so because I'm like, I'm just not a very cooperative client sometimes. But I can't imagine. I, yeah, a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm always trying to figure out, like, they ask question A. I'm like, yeah, I'm not answering that because you're going to ask question C, and there ain't mm-hmm. no way I'm telling you that. Um, you know the game. I know the game. I know the dance. And mm-hmm. But sometimes they would say, like, you know, you need to tell the judge to shut up, like one you know person said, who I completely adore and has been so helpful. And I'm like, I'm not talking to myself. Like, that's just stupid. That's dumb. And I, I'll just, I said, I'll do it in my head. And she's like, mm, it really, there is more power if you say it out loud. I'm like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not going to do that. But mm. there was one time, like a few years later, where I felt completely attacked. Like, I could not, it's almost like I couldn't get a, a word in edgewise in my head. And finally, I just said, shut up. Oh, my God, just shut up. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I'm in my car, so hopefully someone who's sitting next to me didn't think I was having, like, a psychotic break but <laughs> it it took that to get the voice to stop like just yes. stop please I can't think. noticing it pointing it out yes. calling it out that's yes. when the voice gets quieter and, and, and hides really yeah yeah and I think the other thing that was important for me to understand is that this inner judge sort of comes out of this developmental phase we go through as children you know like our parents want to teach us right from wrong and want to teach us how to be appropriate and polite. And and mm-hmm. those things were necessary for us as children, absolutely necessary. Like that's how we mm-hmm. survived. Mm-hmm. But then over time, that part took on a life of its own and then began to sort of be this huge critic in our life. And um, we lost sight of it. Like we just think it's, I think, we think it's just normal like that's our voice and we forget Mm -hmm. that it's actually uh it's a different voice like we and the judge doesn't necessarily want us to i mean you know you could say that the inner judge doesn't really want us to have a happy life yeah i think it's there's a nuanced difference and you have to sort of be able to differentiate between like constructive self-reflection that can be a really good thing Mm -hmm. but when you flip into that inner judge that's the demeaning devaluing you know destructive sort of voice that that comes through it's it's different than um you know that that self-reflection that that is an important thing absolutely yeah that's for me it is good you're right you we need to be able to self-evaluate so for me I know it's the inner judge when things start to take the tone of you're lazy, Mm -hmm. um, you're not working hard enough, um, you shouldn't have done that, that was stupid, why'd you do that? Or I I told you you wouldn't be able to do it. I told you Mm -hmm. that. And just negative, like it's, it's not helpful, it's mean, it's like a bully. Yeah, like this, I mean, this real feeling that comes through that you're just not worthy, really. Right. So one of the things that we think is helpful is to, you know, be able to notice that. Um, we are trying to think about ways to, to, to for, for all of us to sort of think about ways that we can notice when that inner judge is happening. And so mm-hmm. one of the things we thought this week was to have people think about, like, can, do you notice 
when the inner judge is coming in? Do you notice when you're trying to seek approval or you're trying to avoid criticism? You know, like I, I should do this so someone doesn't get mad or I should do this because this is what I should do. Um, mm-hmm. So we think that that the one thing about the most important thing is, you know, definitely disengaging from the judge. But the most important thing is just recognizing when it shows mm-hmm. up. Yeah. I think also being able to think about um, that voice and and to think about whether you would talk to a friend that way. Yes. So kind of listening to it. And I, th- I would never say those things to someone I care about. So yes. um, that's another real way, I think, to notice is these are not um, kind words that I would share with anyone in my life. So, yeah, I think yes. that's part of it, too. And you can do that for other people, too. Like sometimes we hear other people's inner judge come out. And so the other thing that's also helpful, my, my, my good friend does this. I'll say something negative about myself, like, oh, my gosh, I was so stupid and lazy. And she'll say, hey, quit talking about my friend like that. I don't like mm-hmm. that. Um, and yeah. it kind of stops you to say, oh, yeah, right, that's not very helpful. And she'll say, it really hurts my feelings when you talk about my good friend like that. She's not lazy. She's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can also help other people out when you hear them, you hear them say that. Yeah. I just have to say, I think one reason this is, well, there are many reasons why this is so important, but for us in the field of education, if we're not careful, the critic can really come out and bite um, others. And we can start to be really critical and judgmental of our students, um, of the parents that we work with, the families, of our coworkers. Um, So it spreads, I feel like, like wildfire. So it's critical for us as professionals to have that awareness. Definitely. So this week, try it. Just see if you can notice when that that piece of you comes out and and just you don't really have to do anything about it. I think it's just noticing it like, oh, yeah, I see. I see how that's Mm -hmm. I see how that's coming across. I see. And you hear the you hear that voice in your head. So Mm -hmm. um, we would, you know, encourage you to do that this week share some of your thoughts and feelings with others about it um definitely share with us if you want to um and you know we're going into the year now the year starting so there can be a lot of judgments coming the next couple of weeks as we actually start to welcome children back into our classrooms for sure so i guess until next week Um, continue to be a marigold and once again our opening theme was um, written and performed by Chloe Burbina less mom wrangling by Avery Treglone this week because I'm knocking (laughs) it out of the park with the old software yeah look at you however both of our girls got their license in the last (gasps) two weeks they did yes they're drivers it's crazy it is we just had Chloe just dropped her brother off at his friend's house, and it was the weirdest feeling watching them drive down the street together. I know. And so Avery just went to the grocery store for the first time when she got her license. And I'm like, my heart broke a little bit because I'm like, usually I leave you, but you're leaving me. I don't like that as much. (laughs) Yeah. It It is a little heartbreaking. It is. Like, this is the the beginning of them leaving us, Katie Burbina. Oh, my God. I know. Okay. All right. That's another episode. Yeah, that's another episode about us and uh, our kids leaving (laughs) us. Okay, everyone, have a good couple of weeks, and we will be back with another episode. Remember to stay tuned for Amerigolism and Katie's song dedication. We'll see everyone. Bye-bye.
Bye. These past two weeks, I would hear the Canada geese and look up to see them flying in formation. It was a reminder that fall is coming. It also reminded me of Mary Oliver's poem, Wild Geese. In this poem, the poet is asking the reader not to worry so much about being good, but rather to be true to one's nature. Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. month, I've created a playlist for all of you called Good Enough. It's a playlist with songs that help me to remember to have self-compassion. Check out the show notes for the link to the playlist. But for now, here's a short clip of a song dedication for you. A song I love called The Middle, performed by one of my favorite artists, Audrey Asad. Until next time, be a marigold. Hey, don't write yourself off yet. It's only in your head you feel